0: University Baptist Church is a faith community striving to think critically, live creatively, and love continually in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. We gather on Sunday mornings at 5775 Highland Road between Lee Drive and Kenilworth Parkland. Visit ubc-br.org or at UBCBR on Facebook for more information. Anybody ever been to, to Disney World here? If you've been, then you've probably observed how remarkably clean the amusement park uh, is. Uh, Like everything at Disney, there's a reason behind it. Uh, When you pay uh, the price you pay to take your family to the Magic Kingdom, you want to make sure your experience is is second to none. And so you will hardly ever see a piece of trash on the ground uh, or something stuffed into the bushes. And there's a reason behind that. Walt Disney was so committed to prevent his parks from becoming dirty that he commissioned a study to find out just how far people are willing to walk to throw their trash away versus lazily just tossing it down on the ground. And the answer is 30 feet. So every 30 feet at Walt Disney World, you will see a beautifully designed trash can that fits perfectly into the current locale where you are in the park you're not going to see Tomorrowland trash cans in Frontierland. Here's another fun fact. You'll never see someone emptying the trash cans at Disney because they invented something called the Automated Vacuum Assistant Collection, which literally sucks the trash from the bottom of the receptacle at 60 miles an hour, sending it through a series of tubes underground. Disney is the most successful family theme park in the world, and yes, it's a big attractions with wonderful experience, but sometimes... It's the small things that make a difference. We're in our series, Little Big Things, how, how shared spirit-led commitments drive oversized results. And we're looking at more often than not, the difference between thriving and floundering as a church is whether or not a church is willing to commit to the small things that make an incredible difference. And we're examining the book of Acts, who hosts this overarching theme in the book, in which it states again and again that the church grew in numbers? For this, we look at the book of Acts, chapter 6, verse 1. In those days when the number of the disciples was increasing. Do you remember? I said that phrase repeats again and again in the book of Acts. In the scripture this morning, we see it, we're going to see it twice actually. Luke begins this new chapter of excitement and a development, and yet another report that the church was growing. You can only imagine the excitement that was among Jesus' followers. Over the years since Jesus' ascension, they had experienced God's promise of the Holy Spirit and power to live out all the ways of Jesus that he had taught them and radically changed the world by living out the gospel message. People from all walks of life were coming to believe in Jesus, to live in his way, and to be active participants in his church. In short, the church was emphatically thriving. They were being led by the Spirit of God. Disciples were being made. Relationships were being forged. And in just a second, we'll learn how they're thriving in a new way. Look back at verse 1. It says, In those days when the number of the disciples was increasing, and they will give, and then we'll give our attention to prayer and to the ministry of the word. You remember that TV sitcom from the early 90s, Growing Pains? It, it featured Kirk Cameron and Alan Thicke and Joanne Kearns. That might be a great subtitle for Acts chapter 2, Growing Pains. Luke takes us into the daily life of the church in which they were actually providing for the hungry in Jerusalem. I guess they took serious Jesus' words when he said that whatever you did to the least of these, you have done unto me. And they're modeling the many times in Jesus' ministry in which he fed the hungry. And there was two interesting forms of compassion ministry in the early church. The first was called the kufab, which was a a means of a box. It was a distribution of resources collected by the church and collected to give to those who had a need among them. But then there was another distribution box. It was called the tray, which means it was used to serve and feed the hungry. So not only is the church growing in numbers, but they're also growing as they respond to the growing needs of their community. And and it was most likely not intentionally, but they were growing concerns among the Greco-Jewish Christians, thinking they were being overlooked by the charity of the church. But what we quickly find out is the leadership of the church recognized that the system they had built for a small church was not serving the ever-growing church. Clearly, the work of charity and preaching and performing miracles and creating opportunities for forming community were leading people to Jesus. And the disciples recognized that all these things are important, but they needed to expand their leadership to support the growth. And so it tells us that the 12, referring to the 12 apostles, were commissioned the appointment of seven to help them serve in a new leadership role in meeting the growing needs. Now, some of you might be thinking, well, Jesus had 12 disciples, but Judas killed himself when he betrayed Jesus. Well, a, a little lesser-known story in the book of Acts, they actually filled Judas' spot among the apostles with a guy named Matthias. Have you ever been somewhere that, that no one has ever been to before? At the turn of the century, the, the final frontier was the continent of Antarctica. Now Antarctica is a high-end adventure trip for the rich, have you ever heard the name Ernest Shackleton? I just finished a book um, called *The Endurance*, which is named after the ship he captained. Shackleton was an adventurer, and he wanted to explore this unknown area of the Earth uh, that we now call Antarctica. And he he knows that it's not a mission for that he can accomplish by himself, and he knows that he's asking some pretty difficult task of a potential crew members going into something that's dangerous and fraught and unknown. And so he puts this ad in the London papers. Men wanted for hazardous journey, small wages, bitter cold, long months of complete darkness, constant danger, safe return doubtful, honor and recognition, in case of success. You ready to sign up right now? I mean, who in their right mind would sign up for that kind of crew? Well, apparently Shackleton received over 5,000 applications. And he could only pick 28 members for the crew. And they sent out for Antarctica on August the 8th, 1914, just days after what would be known as the breakout of World War I. What inspired so many of those crew members to sign up for such a, a perilous journey? The answer couldn't have been pay or the prospect of complete safety. No, what boils down to is that they thought they were going where no man had gone before, and the thought of working together with others to accomplish it. You see, a compelling vision of thriving empowers others to serve. If we just look at what happens in in the church in our text, they are leading people to Jesus, not just with preaching and building meaningful relationships, but also being the incarnational presence of Jesus within their community by meeting the needs of their neighbors. Jesus is transforming lives. People want to be part of this movement that was called in the early days, The Way. And this vision was, was so compelling that it led to thriving. And people wanted to be a part of it, not just saying they were a part of this movement, but they wanted to give their time and their resources and their strengths to help make that vision become a reality. And this is what makes the invitation of Jesus so unique, is that he invites us to be co-creators of a new world with God. God does not see us as worthless peons or pawns on a chessboard. God made us in God's own image, fashioning within us the capacity to be a part of God's good work in transforming this world through love and grace and kindness and compassion and hope. As one author put it, all work is creative work because all work is participating in the ongoing creation of the world. More often than not, when we look within ourselves, we can't uh, we, we, we think about how we might give to the church community, whether it be our time or our resources or our strengths and our focus. We often undervalue ourselves and what we have to offer. At the same time, we are undervaluing the full life that God intended for us. H- have you ever thought to yourself, my opinion doesn't matter? They couldn't use my experience. My leadership wouldn't be helpful. This resource isn't going to make a difference. What this gift is going to do, what is it going to do in the grand scheme of things? See, no matter your age, the number of years you've been a member of one church or another, what your journey has looked like, whether past or present, you matter. You are a co creator in this beautiful world. Yes, your abilities to, to care for others, to sing, to teach, to plan, to think deeply, to counsel others, to create art, to nurture, to build relationships. To bring a smile to someone else's face, to navigate technologies, to, to play an instrument, to lead by example, to think theologically, and to financially plan, it matters. Yes, your $2 a month matters as just as much as somebody who might give $1,000 a month. Yes, your 20 minutes a month to teach children, 30 minutes a month to greet, or one and a half hours per month to engage in meaningful dialogue with others, it It matters. Yes, your investment in in spiritual formation groups and connect groups and teaching children and worship leadership and hanging out with students and engaging in missional ministries and changing the light bulbs and de-weeding the garden beds and listening to the story of a new person who walks onto our campus, it matters. There is someone here that doesn't believe they bring great value to this church and to the kingdom of God, and you're wrong. And I'm happy to tell you that you're wrong. And we're just getting started in the unique ways you co-create with God in transforming this world through the church. And we haven't even got started in the unique place you find yourself in in the day in, day out, at work, at home, and in this community. But you are invited to be a co-creator with God. Going back to to Ernest Shackleton and the Endurance and crew members for just a second. Uh, If you had known anything about the ships at this time, you... It really is until uh, a decade or two later that naval vessels uh, were able to, to man these large ships with smaller crew. But at this particular time in history, every single person on that 28 crew member ship mattered. From, from the guy that was cleaning the latrines and, and the sleeping quarters, the guy that is, uh, that is uh, taking care of the main sail, from cooking and feeding the crew to the deckhands properly, storing the ropes There is no glory in the act of sailing that far and for that long. The glory is in finishing the adventure, but each person mattered. See, we all want to be part of something significant. We all want to do work with our hands and and time, and we want to make sure that makes a big impact. But thriving builds out of our willingness to volunteer in uncelebrated and unseen ways. When you examine the text more closely, you see a little bit more clear what type of leadership role they were creating to respond to the growing needs of the church. It wasn't some worship leader to stand up passionately leading the congregation with their vocal talents in front of everyone. It wasn't a pastor to preach an inspiring sermon to members. It wasn't a manager to lead a group of people through a re-envisioning process of where God was leading them. Luke tells us the apostles report they're busy waiting on tables that was presenting them with a challenge of committing to their work of preaching the word of God. The specific role they needed was to service tables. The Greek word here is diakonin. Uh, We know this word and translate it either to mean deacon or deaconess. And I want to be clear that though it indicated they were picking seven men from this first list, uh, we see later in the book of Acts and in all the New Testament letters referring to female deacons. These deacons and deaconesses were literally cooking and serving meals to the hungry, the marginalized, the poor, the widowed, and distressed. For a congregation to experience thriving, it takes people willing to serve in unglorified and unseen ways. When I was pastoring Mosaic Church of Clayton, the, the church startup pastor before I came to UBC, the church... Rented space from Clayton Fitness. So our worship was in a basketball court. Our kids' spiritual formation was in the yoga and cycling studios. The youth group met in the racquetball court. We loved meeting in that space because it was unintrusive and non-confrontational for those who were hesitant to go into an established church building. But at the end of the day, we were meeting in a gym. And if you've ever been to a gym before, you know they smell really bad. You know they're not the best uh, upkeep, you know, because typically the owner is trying to pour money back into getting new equipment or most likely not into their pocket. So twice a year, without the gym knowing it, we would go to the building and clean it from top to bottom, from the inside out. We would deep clean the restrooms, uh, dust in between the gym equipment, stuff we never even used We would repaint the walls and we would pull weeds. And more often than not, we spent time cleaning in areas we would never use, all for the sake of serving the people who opened their doors for our church to gather on Sundays. Our compulsion to serve in those unglorified and unseen ways does not come from our own volition, if you will. Seriously, most of us are born with an innate sense to be recognized for the work that we have done. Who in the right mind wants to scrub toilets? This is what it means when we, when we look closely at the story of John, from John chapter 13, what makes this story that John focuses in on so compelling is Jesus on the night he is going to be arrested and, and, and betrayed and beaten for humankind. What do we see Jesus doing after he has a meal with his disciples? He's down on his hands and knees cleaning the dirty and stinky feet of the disciples. This is the work of a servant, of a slave in Jesus' day, not the work of the Messiah of the world. But Jesus teaches us that to be the greatest in the kingdom of God, we must be a servant. If we believe in a compelling vision of Jesus, then we share our best selves with the church. The church is the living and breathing community within the world. The church is the movement of a people doing God's work in the world. The church is a a community of people that bring a collective pulling of our gifts for the transformation of individuals' lives in this community and in this world. The church is an essential part of our faith journey. We are not intended to journey this faith life alone. Paul compares the church to the body, stating that Jesus is, is the head of the church. Each church member brings themselves to the church. They make up a part of the body of Christ. We alone cannot be the body of Christ. I alone cannot be the nose, the armpit, the hands and feet, the toenails, all to myself. Someone in here is thinking, hey buddy, I'll tell you what body part you are after worship today if you give me a few minutes. But I think there's four major reasons why people fail to see their critical role in the body of Jesus. First, I I think some people think they age out of being part of the body of Christ. But nowhere in scriptures does it say that once you start getting the AARP magazine, that you no longer bring value and worth to the church. No matter your age, you still can serve a critical role in the church. I think the second reason why people fail to see their critical role in the body of Christ is because of our busyness. Let's face it, we are the busiest people that's ever walked the faith of the earth, so we can't even imagine how we can give any sort of our time to the church when we have all these other things to tend to. Third, I think some people don't believe that they actually have value. And if they were to try to label themselves of a particular body of Christ, they're like, I'm the like really gross dry skin on the back of, somebody's elbow, most likely a guy. Who told you that you don't have value to Jesus? Finally, as you've heard me say before, I think another reason that people don't see their part in the body of Christ is because for all too many people, the church is a passive commodity. We have a transactional relationship with the church of worship attendance and programs while leaving, leaving a tithe tip. We've lost sight of what the church is intended to be, an essential outlet of sharing our best selves with God. We need the church in our lives to bring formation and transformation and empowerment. The church needs us to bring our best selves, to bring formation and transformation and empowerment to other people's lives. You see, when we talk about sharing our best selves with the church, it's so easy to get caught up with words like tithing and giving and offering, but we're talking about something so much more than just our financial generosity to the church. Going back to Shackleton and Endurance one more time, because here's what makes the story so compelling. On December the fifth, nineteen fourteen, Shackleton and his crew were uh, of twenty eight set out for the Wendell Sea in Endurance and a three hundred fifty ton ship. And the crew of the Endurance never reached the continent of Antarctica. Just a few days uh, from uh, the South Georgia Islands in the Southern Atlantic, the ship encountered mile after mile of packed ice. And soon they found they were trapped in winter as it set on early. And Shackleton and his crew were stranded until the pressure from the ice finally crushed their ship. And the crew watched as the ship sank into the frigid waters. Stranded on uh, the ice crew, they began to board uh, lifeboats and landed on this tiny island called Elephant Island. Shackleton left behind all but five of the men and embarked on this hazard 800-mile journey through rough sea to find help, which they eventually did. But what makes this story so remarkable is not just the expedition, but throughout the whole ordeal, no one died. There's no stories of cannibalism, which happens on the high seas in these times. There's no stories of mutiny. This was not mere chance that this many people survived without killing each other. What's clear from the beginning of their voyage was they were committing to this vision that was greater than just one individual. You see, for congregations that experience thriving from committing to the little big things are the ones that volunteer their best selves because they believe in what we are doing and that it matters. I don't say this because my livelihood is based on the church. I don't say this because I've dedicated over 25 years to vocational ministry. I don't say this because it's what some pastors say to make people feel guilty as if guilt is a healthy motivator to get people to change their lives. I say this because I have experienced first and foremost in my own lives when other people bring their best selves to the faith community, my life has radically changed as a result of it. And I say this because I have found that when I bring my best self to the faith community, I am part of radical change that helps the lives of others. You see, bringing our best self to the church is not walking through the motions of a a ritualistic one- to two-hour commitment on Sunday mornings. Bringing our best selves to the church is believing in what we are doing and that it matters It matters to be more like Jesus, taking the time to study scriptures and to talk about how it applies to our life. It matters that we participate in spiritual formation groups and worship. It matters that we pause to give thanks to God and all God is doing in our world and the church and our lives through worship. It matters that we express our gratitude through song and reflection and prayer and sharing our resources. It matters that we need to be more like Jesus to each other, to our neighbors, to our community, and to this world. It it matters that compassion and grace and hope of Jesus is expressed through our partnerships with things like Highland Elementary School and Interfaith Federation and CBF Together for Hope and, and so much more. It matters that we foster a sense of authentic community together because we cannot be the church unto ourselves. So we invest our lives together, and it's in this mutual strengthening of our personal journeys that the empowerment of God's good work in the world happens through us. The text wraps up with this in verse 5. This propo- proposal pleased the whole group, and they chose Stephen, man full of faith and the Holy Spirit, as also Philip, and Procurus, and Niconar, and Timon, and Parmenas, and Nicholas from Antioch convert of Judaism. They presented these men to the apostles who prayed and laid their hands on them. Look at this in verse 7. So the word of God spread. The number of disciples in Jerusalem increased rapidly, and a large number of priests became obedient to the faith. When the exception of the name Stephen The rest of the names on this list go unseen for the rest of the New Testament and for most of us in our minds. And yet these seven names represent people who were compelled by the vision of Jesus to share their best selves with the church to see the world transformed. These people were picked out of their congregation because of their reputation, the way they personified Jesus, and their clear willingness to follow the Spirit of God's leadership. They laid their hands on them, they blessed them, and they commissioned them to this good work, and their formation is shown by the way that we see rapidly people were coming to Christ. The church was thriving. The difference between thriving and languishing is whether or not people are willing to see and engage the purpose behind the church and why it matters for our lives. Moreover, the difference between thriving and languishing is whether or not each individual in the church considers their importance as part of the congregation. Have you ever finished a puzzle only to find one or two pieces missing? You don't finish the puzzle. Each of us has a part to play in the thriving of University Baptist Church. Each one of us can bring our piece to the puzzle, helping build a complete picture of what God desires for us. Sometimes that piece we need to bring to the puzzle is merely letting others know that by attending a a, a gathering, because you realize that a two-hour event builds strong relationships and trust that leads to the development of authentic community within our church. Sometimes the piece that we bring and add is, is volunteering one hour, or one Friday a month to care for UBC kids because we realize that creating a space for Young adults to build relationship will spark outreach and evangelism, leading to the growth of our church. Sometimes that piece we bring to the puzzle is greeting on Sunday morning once a month because we realize that having a presence of hospitality and love will make a difference of whether or not somebody comes back a second time. You see, everything we do at this church has a purpose, and our willingness to add our piece to the puzzles determine our capacity for thriving. For some, again, you don't think you bring value, whether because of your age or your experience and life, but each one of us has intrinsic value to bring to this church. And if each person is willing to bring their peace, it most inevitably will lead to thriving. The key is that each person has to share their strengths and their passion and their resources and the time. What this moment requires of us is a collection of our best selves for the success of our vision. And so I pray that you would consider how you can bring your best self to University Baptist Church, and helping us lead to thriving. Listen into a time of reflection this morning.